Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's going on? How you been? Doing all right? Oh, you know, yeah, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm uh, I'm doing I, I I'm as good as can be uh, uh, you know with the second week of school and, and and things are slowing down a little bit it's it's okay I'm doing yeah. okay you know uh, I, I think uh, I'm a little getting a little too old for this but you know I I, I need a job so I got to pay right. the rent so I got to do what I got to do you know what I'm saying. Right. I, I heard there's a big, uh, big uptick in cases back on the campus uh, since since the kids returned. The, yeah, the, well, the president president of the university was sending a letter out to, uh, you know, that he was all alarmed. Well, what do they expect? You've got people from all over the world coming back for school because they want us. They want that tuition money and stuff. And so what do they expect? Of course, they're going to have an uptick, you know, right. children. Uh, it's toxic. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it, it is what it is, and uh, I, I, you know, who do the, who's to blame? But but the university themselves. And in fact, uh, in the in the local university paper last week, the hullabaloo, it's called. Sure. Uh, the hullabaloo. There was a uh, op-ed uh, from some young uh, reporter on campus, and she she basically put it out there. She says, you know, what do you, you know, what do you expect? Uh, you want us to come back all this kind of, but I do notice this, uh, last semester during the whole thing, there was a lot more policing going on about this. I mean, they were really hardcore about this, this semester. I don't see so much policing going on. They're just kind of like, uh, it's a little scary, too. They're just letting people roam free and stuff like that. I mean, people on campus have to wear their mask and all that kind of stuff. But, like, just yesterday, I was walking in my car from, from my office, and I just saw packs of kids, I mean, just roaming together. I mean, talking 12, 15 kids. Some of them were wearing masks. Some of them weren't. Right, you know, and, and that's uh, during the daytime without any booze. So you know, uh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Nighttime, with three or four drinks in them. Uh, you can imagine how 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 the how that that slips. Yeah, and then the fucking and sucking starts. You know, sure, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's pretty hard to socially distance at that point. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and they all wanted to make their own little porn videos in their dorm rooms and stuff. And that's oh, where geez. it's really out of control. You know, <laughs> oh man, oh man. But I watch them; they're good entertainment. I watch. Yeah, them. sure, sure, yeah. sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, know. you know, you know, they're in good shape still. You know, they're not all not all ragged out yet. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them uh, are quarantined and some of them aren't, and uh, but it's all good, as they say. But okay, uh, it's 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 crazy, and I don't know what they expect. I mean, here's what it comes down to: like anything, really, it all comes down to money, 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 money. Do you want to give the money back to their to the parents who are paying for this stuff? And of course, they don't want to do that. They don't want to give back the money. That's why they're that's why they're trying to stay open for a certain amount of time. Because after a certain date, they don't have to give back that money. Right. Well, at this point, everybody knew kind of what they were what they were uh, 
getting into you know the previous semester like well we're going to try to figure out at this point it's pretty much going to be a a repeat of last semester so if you really didn't want to come back to school under those circumstances you know they had that option of staying home so yeah they did and and a lot of a lot of them stayed a lot of them stayed home basically saying you know teach me remote even if they're like law school students or seniors you know and all that kind of stuff they're like fuck that i ain't going there especially a city like New Orleans where, you know, we just heard just recently, uh, just today, that uh, sororities and fraternities all got shut down because they were having parties and stuff the last few days. And, and, okay. And the, and the university came down on them for that. Well, that must be what he's talking about the, in, the, in the letter is the uh, – the, the Oh, the president's letter? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, what fits? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fitz yeah, yeah. is one of the most unphotogenic people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I haven't I mean, seen any photographs of him. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> if that, that's, that's why. Okay, that's the, all right. <laughs> that's the reason why, because uh, he looks like uh, he looks like vomit, basically, okay. <laughs> from a, a night of party. And he, he's just not an attractive-looking man. He's just not, and he doesn't photograph well. Okay, and, well, uh, you know, it's, it's not everything. You know, he's, he's, he's not in showbiz, so... Uh, does he subscribe to this program? <laughs> no, I don't think he does, Chris. I don't think he does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's heard of this program. Not as far you as know. we know. Not he's, as far sitting, as we know. he's sitting in a mansion in Audubon, you know, on Audubon, you know, just sitting there going, stroking himself, saying, I'm so rich. I'm so <laughs> rich. And, and somebody's yeah. wiping his face or trying to. Yeah, okay. and they're trying to light him. There's someone there constantly trying to light him. Oh, yeah. lighting, but it just doesn't happen, you know. Um, but keeps going uh, out. Yeah, but listen, there's a lot of things going on in our town. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, Renee. We talked about this a little over a year ago. How you know everything shut down, like in the French Quarter. And the rats came out of everywhere. Did you yes. hear this story? The oh, rats. Yeah, I remember that. We've talked about that a few times, yes. Yeah, the rats. Well, apparently I saw a story today, well, about how um, I guess there's, there's a uh, organization here in New Orleans, a, a city-funded organization that helps control our rodent and pest problem. Hmm. It's actually – and apparently they put out a report because of the pandemic the rat problem in the French Quarter has gone down fifteen percent. Fifteen percent, which is okay, good just you know? just like the uh, the the promo code on the Velomen bar. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The exactly. bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen yeah, percent. No okay. free shipping and getting rid of these rats. So sure, so. sure. That's <laughs> full freight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I think that's good news for the French Quarter. And, uh, sure. They they showed how they uh, showed video of how they were luring the rats out because the rats are looking, they're hungry. They're mm-hmm. hungry and there's nothing, none of the restaurants are open and stuff. Yeah, yeah the food's not any good anymore, so they're going to Birmingham. Yeah, well, let's hope, let's hope, Chris, they go to Birmingham. But they showed how they were trapping these rodents and it's good and, and once the city reopens again, they'll be back, you know, they'll be all back. And Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's fine. But sure, I also sure. wanted to talk about, this is the funniest thing, you know how how there's that argument, uh, when do you uh, stop saying Happy New Year? You know, what day is it that you stop saying Happy New Year? Is it okay, right. February 1st or is it, you know, some people keep saying it in through uh, March and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> but I was driving home down Claiborne just, just yesterday. 
and um, I was at this red light on Claiborne. I think it's uh, Nashville, and there's this big house there that I've always been curious about because they have this huge kind of window. I mean, and you can see right into the living room. You can see their TV. You can see all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was at the red light, and I looked to my right, and I saw that house. And these people still had their Christmas tree up, lights and everything. Okay. Uh, so what is what what is what is the protocol for taking your Christmas tree down? Yeah, I you know, I I would think like King's Day, you know, like when Mardi Gras start or the carnival season starts. That seems like it would be a good, uh, you know, if you haven't taken it down by then, that seems like that would be a good cutoff. And what day is King's Day? What, what, uh, what is that like? Twelve days after Christmas or something? Well, we've passed that. You know. I know. Yeah, yeah. We're well. I mean, <laughs> that that Christmas tree's got to be getting pretty crispy at this point. It's about two well, months old now, man. Yeah. Like go up with a with a, a sixty watt light bulb close to it. Well, or a cigarette ash, you know that. Sure. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was just I just found that entertaining because it's like either the person has a, a certain. Uh, he's thinking about a certain way to do this. Maybe it's, it's King's Day. Maybe it's Mardi Gras season. Or he's just a lazy fuck who doesn't want to yeah. uh, street down. Yeah, yeah, I would say that that, that I, w I would probably vote uh, for uh, choice C there. That would be yeah. my guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, uh, fortunately for me this year, I didn't have to get a Christmas tree because we right, got yeah. you know, too much work. But, sure, sure, uh, sure. But, it's it's all going on and and uh, I'm doing okay uh, and uh, you know people are gearing up for Mardi Gras that's not going to happen and and right. people are doing house floats. Have you heard about house, this? house floats? Yes, I did hear about that. And you know about the house floats. I was thinking, well, now that we've you know we kind of did it this time out of not necessity but uh, for lack of ability to go to parades and you know people are trying to come up with alternative uh methods and stuff now i can i would guess already that the house floats are never going away so even next year when we have regular carnival and and mardi gras floats and everything i think that this will probably be a new fixture that uh you know that cropped up out of the you know the exception but now people in new orleans will latch onto this forevermore what do you think uh, I think you're probably right, and uh, you know anything stupid New Orleans will do. Well, you know? something—it's an excuse to get together and do something, you know. And and it seems like that's you know just a another activity, another thing we can focus on. That's that's not. But we're not uh, supposed to get together. That's the thing right now. But people right, are, right. Well, it's a way to to uh, channel this same impulse without gathering in big crowds and i i have walked around the my neighborhood uh walking the dog and seeing a few of these houses and uh it's it's uh you know enjoyable something to see i guess you know i guess they're gonna eventually have like a whole mapped out tour that you can drive around from neighborhood to neighborhood and see these different houses uh, you know something to do yeah yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The one good thing I think that's happening right now is that uh, we're not going to have, you know, 50 billion tons of Chinese beads, you know, gutting our, our you know, flooding our, our, our sewer drains. So the right. city, you know, that's the one good thing. Yes, that'll be that's, great to not yeah, have that. Yes. Yeah, to not have that. But, you know, uh, uh, we talk uh, constantly about, um, 
no festivals this year, no Mardi Gras. Yep. But one good thing that New Orleans still can do is murder. We can still do the murders. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Murders, you know? <laughs> do you have a certain, uh, have you placed a wager on, on what that number will be? You know, I'm sure Not somebody yet. will take, take that action. Not yet, because the weather's kind of cool and mild right now. So I'm uh-huh. kind of waiting for it to heat up a little bit. As the closer we get to people realizing that they're not going to be able to, you know, uh, uh, that they're going to have to work on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of a religious holiday of sorts. So, but I know some people are, are you know, some businesses want to stay open and try to, try to, you know, capitalize on the fact that, uh, you know, maybe the, there will be some people around. I mean, there certainly will be people walking around places. You know, I, I imagine that I'd probably go, you know, not stand in any big crowds, but just go mill around and, and uh, see the sights uh, you know, down on, on, I don't know, somewhere. Maybe go visit a friend, hang out in their backyard and have a cocktail or two, you know. Could imagine that. Well, happening. yeah, but there's going to be, you know, there's going to be idiots just like the kids on sure. campus who are going to try to second line and have parades. And Ooh, the, problem yeah. is, the problem is, is the NO, NOPD won't stop them. And they, I think these people know that. Yeah, man. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. It may, may come to, uh, come to a head here. See, see what the, what, uh, the administration has to, to say about that. Yeah. Well, we got Latoya, but listen, before we get to our guests, is there anything else yes. you want to talk about? Well, I did go to the dentist today and uh, had a had an had an interesting little conversation with her, you know. Um, so you know, still still seeing the dentist during all this lockdown, and uh, you know, I have have a tooth that uh, you know she's a little bit concerned about, and she's telling me, well, you know, we're try to maintain the health of this tooth, you know, I don't want you to lose it, you know, and we're gonna have this certain. Uh, you know, course of action, treatment, and, you know, this tooth could last five years, it could last 15 years, it's hard to say. I said, well, you know, 15 years, you know, hopefully I'm not going to last that long, you know, I could very easily die before that that tooth, uh, you know, winds up being a problem. She was. Is it a molar or is it like one of your front teeth? Yeah, no, no, it's a molar, it's a molar. See, I I never understood why dentists want to try to save those molars. Who cares? Nobody sees well, those colors. Right, right, right. And well, I said, well, you know, fingers crossed, you know, like this, this could, this could be a win for everybody. You know, I could, uh, yeah. it's, it's just, just, uh, you don't want to, you know, need to, need to keep that timeline tight, you know? Well, I have a tooth where they want to do a root canal and I mm-hmm. say, why bother? Just pull it, get rid of it. I don't need this go. tooth. Sure. Sure. You know? I'll yeah, be, no, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll be on a soup diet in five years anyway, with the way my <laughs> teeth are going, you right, know? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, or, or, you know, you, you might only last another couple of years and, and, uh, you know, have all your teeth at the end. So yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's a racket, man. It's a fingers big crossed. Racket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dentistry is a big racket. <laughs> yeah. Racket, you don't need all those teeth. <laughs> I mean, at our age, why bother? I'm not a, I'm not a leading man, you know, anymore. I'm just a character actor now. So why okay. not? You know, this is giving you some more character. Yeah, it's more right character. But listen, before we get to our guests, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, we've talked over this past year about um, the whole LBGQYZX thing that, you know, sure. everyone has to 
you know, I, I still never got the memo on it, but yeah, uh, I've heard you say that. Yeah, but 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 working at the university, the big university here, I, I have to. I get emails and I email um, faculty, staff, students from all departments, liberal arts, economics, law school, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I deal with a lot of staff and, and, and faculty and some students. And, and, and now the, the thing I've noticed in the last six months, and you know how I always get myself in trouble by, by saying, you know, good, I'm glad you're getting a divorce, you know, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I've said that <laughs> or, before. I've, yeah, I've heard you run into problems with, yeah. with the mouth, yeah. Yeah, well, I ran into a problem now with the email. Oh, Okay. Uh, because I started getting, especially this last semester and this semester, I've been getting more and more emails from people all over campus, mm-hmm. be it staff or faculty or executives or students. And they're all saying, well, uh, blah, 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 sincerely, so-and-so. And they put this tag now. It says uh, she, them, they. Or he, you know, right. the pronouns, yeah. yes, yeah, your preferred things. pronouns. Yeah, uh, I guess because these people want to be uh, that kind of pronoun or whatever. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's just a way of saying, well, these are my the ones that I ascribe to, and not assuming just because someone's name or what you might perceive to be their their right. um, personal okay. gender assignment, they're so, volunteering to let you so, know. Up so front. what I get from that is basically, okay, you're saying you have a dick and a pussy or, or maybe <laughs> you just have a dick and tits. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get right. it. Well, the, that, I guess they're, they're letting you know up front, you know, it's maybe more yeah. information than you really wanted to know, but uh, well, you know, full I got, I got reprimanded actually today because really? for the last few weeks I've been uh, responding to their emails by saying, I'll, you know, I, I, thanks for this information, or I'll look into this, or I'll look into that. You know, thank you very much. Uh, best regards, you know, Manny Bruno or Manny Chevrolet. And I'll say, who, what, and why? That's what I've been saying. Okay, sure. And, and uh, people started they didn't think, think that was They didn't they think that was amusing? They didn't think that was amusing at all. So I got in trouble <laughs> once again, once again, for saying who, what, and why, you know, in response to their she, he, they, you know, right. them, you know, or, you I know, I think whatever. that's amusing enough, man. That's, that's, that's good hearted. It's a uh, good natured, a little bit of ribbing. It's uh, not even that. It's right. I think so too. Cause I never got it. You know, like I said before, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Who cares about it? You know, um, Let's People need to have more of a sense of humor about themselves. You know, that's that's one of the biggest issues that that I take exception with when when people get in. You know, I'm fine with everyone having, you know, whatever, uh, you know, perception of themselves or living whatever life they want to live. But it's yeah. you need to maintain a little bit of sense of humor about yourself. You know, let's not take ourselves so seriously. <laughs> Right, exactly. And that's what I thought I was doing. It was like right, who, right. what, why? You know, who, what and why? You yeah, know, but those are those are some, some key questions you want to ask on any news story, right? So, right. Yeah. Well, or, or any any or any exchange of information. That's really what you're interested in more than what someone's uh, you know, 
gender pronouns are. You know, you're yeah. you're, you're looking for facts like Joe Friday, well, just the facts. Know, yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing: because 99 percent of these people who I have to correspond with on campus, I don't know what they look like. I've never met them before in my life, and you don't care. And I, yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> care. I'm, just, I'm punching in and I'm punching out. I just right. trying to. You don't for, care what they do on their off time. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. with whom. I don't care if you're a who or they, she, he. I don't care. It's not right, like right, 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 right. I hear you, Manny. I hear you. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it, this is uh, another thing that always gets me in trouble. But listen, let's get yeah. to our guest because I yes. hear him. It sounds yes. like he's in a jacuzzi right now. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe like doing his taxes or something. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I hear. I hear a lot of uh, a lot of uh, activity over there as well. I'm looking okay. through a pronoun dictionary. Okay, all right. Well, maybe that can be one of your next uh, next uh, publications. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you do an ex- ex- explanatory uh, tome on on uh, the whole. Uh, anyway. Um, we'll get to so our guest is uh, he's a uh, let me let me do the intro here. Calm down. Um, so yes, yeah, so our guest is a New Orleans native. He's a, a writer, a poet, a political satirist, playwright, comic, radio host, author, and a handyman around the house. Um, he he's uh, oh, but the last one. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, this is, that's not the, the first or last untrue thing that will be said. Well, on the he could be podcast. a dandy man around the house. He could be know. a dandy man. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into all that. Um, he's just come out with his latest book, uh, The Most Interesting League in the World, How the NFL Explains America. And that's just the short title, right? That's right. Okay. So anyway, without further ado, our guest... Mr. Chris Champagne. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. How y'all doing tonight? We're doing well. Besides pronoun wise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Who, what, and why? That's what we're concerned about here. I, yeah, I went gonna... to an, yeah, I went to an LGBT uh, festival not long ago, and I, I thought it was a make a lettuce and tomato festival. That's what so shows you what I know. <laughs> okay, and it was not that. Okay. No, it wasn't. Right. No, it was everything All but right. that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that's what we need. You know, the, uh, the mayor, our mayor, which I hope that you become the mayor sooner sooner than later, Manny, because I don't know how much more for this one I can stand. Okay. She she actually gave some kind of a pronouncement about something I don't know about a month ago, and she she referred to uh, her and him or something like that, and and, and any pronouns. <laughs> That's what she said. I'm thinking to myself, man, I tell you, she, these people are going to make comedy obsolete. They're gonna make yeah. it against the. They're gonna make it against the law after they make it obsolete. Okay, that's a good point, man. That's a good point. Like Renee was saying, when 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 does it come when we can't like make fun of each other? You know, right. sure. No, yeah. That, well, or yeah. ourselves. You know. Yeah, so I mean, one of the greatest guys ever, uh, Don Rickles, who just passed away a year ago. I mean. How would he think about what the world's going to be? What would he, you know, what would he think about how things are? You, know, you can't say anything anymore. He would be at Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never see him again. Yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking that the other night. I was watching. I was happened to be watching him. Uh, he was hosting Saturday Night Live. And I happened to see it on YouTube. I thought I'd take a look at it. And I was thinking the same thing. I mean, he'd be out of business. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know he's he seemed to be hanging in there. He might he might be uh, you know leading edge of of uh, you know 
keep keeping people, uh, you know, maintaining a sense of humor about themselves. You know, it's, it's I guess well, he it's did. losing he people did, like he that. Did, he uh, did do that. He did do that to the day he died. But after sure. he died, like everyone's, you know. He, yeah, but he was grandfathered in. I mean, you know, he was already an established right. person. If you're trying to come up, sure, I mean, sure. are, you, are you familiar with uh, what they do in Canada for people like uh, Don Rickles who just happen to show up at a bar and open mic? No, what do they do? Well, they have something called the uh, Human Rights Tribunals in Canada. Okay. <laughs> some guy got up at an open mic comedy at like a coffee house or a bar and he made a joke about the gender of the people who were sitting you know at the table in the front and I'm not saying he should have done it I'm not, I'm not saying it was in poor taste I have no idea whether it was in poor taste or not but right. they took they took him to a human rights tribunal and he was fined $1,500 wow, for making, really? making a joke at an open mic yeah wow. Wow. So, yeah, so, they, they don't have the Bill of Rights up in Canada. So, evidently you know, not. No, so yeah. But, uh, you know. That's weird because c- Canadians are such funny people. I mean, so many great com- comics have come from Canada. Funny how. And yeah. easy going, too, usually. Yeah, you know, they're you, very easy going. Yeah. It's all the, it's all the ruse. I did, I did some research on Canada for a satirical piece I was doing. And do you know that it's against the law to kill Sasquatch in Canada? <laughs> Which means that the first. Canadians are so good that they're not allowed to kill a fictional character. Okay. <laughs> Jesus yeah. loves Canada twice. But they're allowed to rape Sasquatch, right? Well, they didn't say that, but uh, probably so. You can't. <laughs> it's a gray area. Well, well, the problem is with Canada is that the French Canada, Ca- Canadians are the English Canadians who are not allowed to murder Sasquatch. I think, it, I think it applies to all of them, but maybe you can kill them in French. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, well um, let's get back to you, Chris, just to establish. So um, tell us about yourself. You're a native. Uh, you went to school in New Orleans. Where did you go to school? What neighborhood did you grow up in? Well, I, okay. Uh, I grew up all over the, all over because we, we had to constantly leave because people were after us, I guess. I, uh, okay. What, what, what business was your family in there? I lived around Napoleon and uh, Claiborne for uh, most of my uh, grammar school years. I went to A.H. Okay. A. H. Wilson. I don't know if you know where that is. It's kind of behind the library. Of, uh, where, yes. Where brought, yeah. And, uh, and let's see where. Then I went to, uh, went to McMaine for uh, two years. Okay. There's a junior high then. And then we moved out by the lake. And I went to uh, Gregory. And then I graduated. Well, I went to McDonough High. And then I graduated from uh, John F. Kennedy High School. Okay. And uh, then I went to the University of New Orleans. And I got, I got nice. a BA, I got a, I got a BA in history from the uh, University of New Orleans, although they probably won't admit it, but I, I have proof. How does your career in comedy and 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 broadcasting and all that? How does that? How do you get into that? Well, it was kind of by mistake, I guess, which was which has been it's been one big mistake since, I guess. But uh, well, <laughs> I used to write I used to write poetry when I was in high school, and uh, when I first got my heart broken, and. Uh, my poetry was kind of funny, mostly. At least it was supposed to be. And uh, so some friends of mine encouraged me to go to an open mic poetry reading. And I, I went to one Ruby's Roadhouse in Mandeville. And uh, I was really nervous to get up and you know speak in front of people at that time. But everybody liked my poems. And, fr- and from that, eventually, some people asked me to be involved in some shows, uh, writing some comedy. And I did that. And then... Uh, and then after that, I uh, kind of horned my way into the uh, 
the Gridiron Show writers' meetings. The uh, press club used to put on a show called the Gridiron Show, which sure. And I started writing comedy for uh, for that. And I wrote I wrote a a, uh, a character called Numa. I know where you got them shoes, Shaq Snyder, uh-huh. who was like a yaddy guy. And uh, like I said, I, I was really afraid to go on stage at that point. But uh, they asked me why did not I do the piece instead of somebody else who had done it before. So I said okay. So I went on stage and I did that piece, and luckily they laughed a lot. And from that, I kind of got into the political satire business where I started doing shows of my own. And after Katrina, uh, I started doing almost exclusively one-man shows and uh, of, of political satire based on New Orleans, Louisiana politics and culture. As Numa, I know where you got them shoes, Jack Snyder, which is kind of like an alter ego, which is about a fraction of an inch away from my actual persona, I guess. Yeah. Now, how did you cross paths with uh, Manny Chevrolet? Wow, let's see. Manny, did we meet at, uh, I guess, at uh, Politics with a Punch, maybe? Or no? Uh, we, we had, Probably. You, well, now I remember, I remember well, running into you. Track. I you were, at the track, you were, I think. Well, you were at a friend of Raphael's. Okay. <laughs> yes, Raphael O'Neill. Yeah. yeah, Raphael was doing a, a, a mockumentary with you, I think, and she was in one of my shows. She was in my the first show I did at Le Chat Noir. And uh, called Roach Opera, and uh, so I was. So we met. We met. We kind of met that then, and then, then every once in a while we run across each other, you know, like a politics with a punch on the, uh, you know, on the the panels. Mm -hmm. And uh, may have been the last time I saw you. Actually, was when we were on one of those. That was yeah. Well, last time I saw you was at the NOAC Christmas party. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. I said, "What are you doing here? You don't, you don't work out. You don't do any of that." <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just naturally fine. Yeah, I. Uh, well, a friend of mine, my friend of mine is a, a member, and he invited me to come if I wanted to come. Okay. So, uh, so that's I've why. Heard of that. But I remember also uh, as during the. It's always you know there's seasons here. There's Mardi Gras. There's jazz fest. All that kind of, and then there's, there's there's the political seasons that they have here. And that's where I got to know you because you're such a, a watchdog of everything going on politically, even before I moved to New Orleans, you know, and, and, and we met on those politics with a punch show. We were, we were, we were always the, cause the guy who hosts that show is such a conservative and we're, he always brings like one like crazy left or crazy radical on the show. And for some reason, he always brought us, and we were always together at the same time. And this was way back when, the, during the Nagin years, I think. Yes, I'm not, probably yeah. so. Yeah, and uh, and you were, uh, I mean, I, I, I was a newcomer. I didn't know anything about it, and but you kind of helped me out in many ways by just being, you know, uh, so, you had such knowledge of everything going on, and uh, such a novice at the time, and I, I was a quick study, but uh, we had good times on those shows. I yeah, mean, yeah, really it, was, it, was, it was fun, yeah. Yeah, and even the last one we did together a year or so ago was a lot of fun, too, you know. I always like I always liked the last question of the show, What's your, what are you angry about this month in New Orleans? And I think the first time I did the show with you, uh, my anger was that uh, I just found out that Councilwoman Stacy Head was actually a councilwoman and not a porn star. 
Because with a name, <laughs> with a name like that, I thought for sure she was a porn star, and <laughs> that kind of like everyone warmed up to me after that. You know, they oh, were that really, went over. Okay. Oh yeah, it went over big time because okay. because the host the, the host who does this show, Renee, he's got a a, a very uh, conservative following. So yeah, when, I'm not crazy about that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. I go on a show kind of just to rip him, rip him a new one. You know, that's sure, right. sure, sure, sure. Right. Like but he keeps inviting me back, so right. you know, he, he likes get, he likes getting a new one ripped. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no accounting for taste, you know. Yeah. <laughs> to each yeah. his own. Yeah, he, but he's he's one of those guys, Renee, that I've talked about over the last years where. You, you are for sure that he's gay, but he's married with children. But you know he's gay. He's yeah. one of those guys. He's one of those guys. You know. Yeah, it's it's a tradition in the South. I don't know about his situation, but there's definitely a, a certain yeah. strain of that. Yeah. You know, it's a seer sucker and bow ties and uh, yeah. And, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Well, he's saying this is my wife, Manny. You know that kind of stuff. It's like, really, dude? Okay, I, I, I get it. Yeah. You know. you go, hey, I'm uh, I'm as surprised as you are. You know. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about his pronouns, but uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he's on his third wife, I think now, or at least his third uh, significant other. Yes. Wearing them out, man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know, but I, I'm actually I'm actually kind of banned from his show now because I. Uh, when he left Le Chat Noir, uh, the people at Chat Noir asked me to do a show similar to his, and so he got mad at me. So I, I'm not – I used to be a regular, but I haven't been a regular for a long time. Yeah. The only reason I was on a show with you that night was because Steve asked me on his partner. That was an interesting yeah. night, though, because we, we had the only mayoral candidates who didn't get in the runoff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, okay. so let's go back to your earlier years, uh, Chris. Okay. Uh, you, you leave, you're, you graduate, blah, blah, blah. You're doing this. How old are you now uh, in like uh, when, when your career starts upticking? You're a poet and now you decide to write a book. You, you decide to write operas or what are you doing? Yeah, I, what am I doing now? This very moment? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, well, it sounds like you're playing with yourself right now. But, no, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> but okay, so what year do you, uh, uh, you graduate from UNO? What year is that? 75. Oh God, seventy-five. So mm-hmm. what are you? What, what are, Eighteen seventy-five. Yeah. What are you doing during the eighties? <laughs> what are you doing during the eighties? I was uh, I was getting divorced, and, uh, <laughs> and I was uh, doing no- nothing actually. And then I uh, started reading my poetry sometime in the late eighties. Okay, so, that's in Mandeville. Mandeville, you're a nervous kid doing that and stuff. Right. That but, was that was eighty-nine, in fact. Okay, it kind of takes off. Yeah. And then crack cocaine hits New Orleans, and then you're fucked, right? Yeah, well, I missed that part. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. what, happens, what happens in the 90s now for you? Well, in the 90s is when I got involved in uh, some theater stuff, you know, doing uh, writing comedy for other people and doing and performing my poems uh, on stage and uh, eventually getting into it myself, doing the character myself. I was uh, in the poetry scene. I, uh, you're familiar with, with slam poetry? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not, if you if you t- take a look at me, since I'm an old white guy, old straight white guy, you uh, you don't necessarily uh, equip me uh, with the slam poetry. But I was on two national uh, slam poetry teams in ninety see ninety 
I can't even remember now the years. 93, I think I was in San Francisco on the New Orleans team. And 99, I was on the Baton Rouge team. We competed in the National Slams. So I did that. Uh, I actually went to uh, the Green Mill one night. I was meeting a, a young lady uh, for a weekend in Chicago, I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess in the nineties. Well, yeah, yeah. Green and uh, the Green Mill, and well, the Green Mill is where the Porsche Slams uh, originated. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's, Al a, Capone's it's club. Yeah. yeah, it's a jazz bar basically right. on other nights, and on Sunday nights they would have a slam. So since uh, the young lady that I was meeting, she was a poet as well. She wanted. Uh, we went down to. The, I actually wanted to go down to the to the Green Mill and try to slam, and uh, they would take ten slammers every Sunday. And uh, it was $5 to get in. And by the time the slam got going, there must have been 200 people in that place. So they had 200 people that paid five bucks to come see a poetry slam. And uh, wow. so I got up there and I was nervous, of course, I was in a different milieu. And uh, but I, I kicked their ass, basically. And, uh, and I got the coin, as they say. Oh. So, so I, I won. Uh, I won the slam that night. And uh that's kind of a feather in my cap personally. And actually, do y'all know Chuck Perkins by any chance? Yeah. He's a poet and he runs Cafe uh, Istanbul, I guess it is, in uh, the Healing okay. Center. Okay, sure, sure. Well, he's a poet as well. He happened to be uh, in the crowd that night and we ended up talking about my, uh, my most bombastic poem that night was a New Orleans poem. And he, he kind of approached me and we've been friends since, since then, you know, so uh, so that was kind of a cool night for me. That's one of the nice. things that I did in that, that little epoch. And also at the end of the 90s, I started doing my uh, my shows, you know, my our political satire shows. I would do them in bars and mostly in bars and coffee houses or whoever would have me, you know, and okay. I ended up at Le Chanois doing some things there. Now, can we get any of this on like YouTube? Can our nation see some of this? You our know, there's a there's a little bit of an excerpt of one of my shows, uh, the Seasons of the Mitch and Famous, that mm -hmm. I did when Mitch was mayor. It's a little bit like a from eight to ten minute uh, excerpt. Mitch Landrew. Yes, Mitch Landrew. We're talking about yeah, and uh, that's the only one I can think of from my shows that that, that is on there. I think there's another uh, another excerpt of, of you doing about ten minutes on the uh, the Good Night New Orleans yes, show. Yes, yes, that's on that's on YouTube. Yes, it's pretty entertaining. Had me laughing out loud. Some of your well, thanks. There. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, they never had me back either. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much <laughs> the way the show works. I don't think they have a lot of repeat guests. Well, no, they do. No, oh, actually, okay, they do. Well, no, they do. They do. I've I've been to several of the shows, so they they do. Okay. You know, but, right, uh, well, but but that's uh, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. But thank you sure. for those kind words. I appreciate it. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. I think that was the first season. Actually, it's it's now called the Spotlight New Orleans Show because the uh, one of the okay, people well, we don't need to give them any plugs. That's they're they're doing fine on their own. Okay, uh, you're right. Okay, you say so. Okay, <laughs> I'll go for that. I won't argue. Uh, right on. So listen, Renee, uh, yes. I think it's time for a refill. I do too. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was, I was taking a look at, uh, at Chris's picture and I was thinking that uh, he looks like a guy who's no stranger to a cocktail. He looks like he knows his way around a, a bottle of booze. Am I right, Chris? Well, unfortunately you're correct. 
Okay. I, 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 uh, in fact, last last week I had I had several Manhattans at somebody's apartment, and uh, the rest is unfortunately is history, just like World War Two. And it was okay. uh, I won't be doing that again anytime soon with the Manhattans. I can tell you right now. Okay. Well. Well, listen, Chris. The, the troubled nation knows we always take a little break and to fill our libation up and we'll be back in a few minutes and we'll talk about some sponsors that I think you'll be interested about. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll be right back, nation. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Chris Champagne. Now, Chris, we have a sponsor for the Troubled Men podcast that uh, we've been affiliated with for a few months. It's a terrific product. Manny, why don't you tell Chris all about it? Chris, I'm going to tell you about this product. It's called the Velo Bar. Velo Bar, Chris. This is a... uh, Great tasting bar, but it's got a great thing about this bar. It's one of those CBD bars, you know. Mm-hmm. It's got 25 milligrams of CBD per bar, and it's a healthy protein bar that'll fill you up and calm you down. And right now, who doesn't need to be calmed down? We're all fucking stressed out. Oh, yeah. You know, because, you know, no one can leave their house, no one can leave their car, no one can leave. You know, they're, they're porta potty because we're so freaked out. <laughs> but this is a plant-based protein bar, uh, Chris, made up of superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, and chia seeds. But, but the big thing is, is that 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Now, I don't know if you're into this stuff now, but, you know, people are into microdosing and all this kind of stuff. And it's becoming more and more legal, the CBD and I'm into it, man. I, 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 chop them, I, I, I chop them down like sticks of butter, Chris. They're, they're so good. And they come in two great flavors, dark oh, yeah. chocolate and peanut butter. And right now, Chris, if you're interested, right now you can order the bars on VeloBarCBD.com and get 15% off your order by using the Troubled Men 1-5 promo code. Okay. 15% off your order and free shipping. And I'm telling you, this stuff is good. It's the Velo Bar, and they're going to be bringing out more products in the next year or so. So look forward to this. But also, Chris, I just want to let you know that uh, since you're a guest on the show, if you wish, we will send you some free Velo Bars in the mail if you're interested in it. Okay. That's a new thing that we're doing for our guests now. We've been talking yes. about the Velo Bar for a few months, but we should give away some of these Velo Bars to our guests because sure. they're, they're on the show for free, and uh, you know they, they need something. And who doesn't need to be uh, you know uh, having stress relief right now? So, Chris, after the show, if you're interested, we'll uh, get your digits and we'll send you some free Velo Bars, courtesy of Velo Bar. You know, and uh, it, it's a great product, and I think you'll dig it. It, it, it calms you down. I love them because I sleep so well after I have one, let's say after a workout or working out in the yard, I'll take a nap and my naps are so much better. They're so much better. And I don't wake up screaming. That's the big thing. 
That's it. That is a big thing. Well, thank yeah. you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, any sort of mayor? <laughs> no, I should. I should. You should you shove should. it down her throat. <laughs> yeah. Well, quite a few. Quite a few. You know, she needs to lighten up. But, uh, but, everybody, you got anything else we need to speak before we get back to our guests? Well, just to re- remind the uh, nation that, as always, if they want to support the podcast directly, they can jump on that PayPal link and uh, and uh, buy us a cocktail, or you know, just support the operating costs. And uh, got some some good news about the the podcast this week. You know, we we're we get uh, statistics uh, uh, concerning the podcast periodically. Got one uh, today. Uh, that we're in the top 5% of podcasts worldwide. Oh, wow. So I think of all the podcasts worldwide, we have more listeners and more shows than 95% of them. So <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Congratulations. I don't know. I don't I know. Don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, uh, so we're like with Joe Rogan and stuff? Well, no, that would be like the top point zero zero one percent so okay. we're, we're, we're not there by a long shot but uh, but just that 95 percent of the podcasts have less listeners and less shows than we do so it's, okay uh, anyway so you know it's a hey take it where you can get it manny if if, if that was a test we would have an a that would be a 95 percent that that's correct right. that's right so oh, well, that's that's good to know and and, and and uh, well, I, I'm very uh, impressed because I, I don't listen to the show. Not even not even while you're doing it. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so so nation, you know, subscribe, uh, share it with with all your degenerate friends or friends that that might just like degenerates. You know, so let's so spread it around. You know, and uh, it's uh, we're we're doing this all for you. It's all for the nation, right, Manny? The troubled nation, yes. The troubled nation. Okay. Well, you know, I want to interject here. You know, you just asked you you just asked your you just asked your listeners to uh, share, and this is a okay. concept that people don't evidently grasp. In other words, if you're on Facebook and a friend of yours is having a concert or has a gig, all you have to do is hit share. You see, and then lots right. of other people see it. So, if you're listening to this podcast, you should share with your friends yes. to try to build the audience. Okay. That's how it works. You know, like it takes there a village go. and all that stuff. It takes us all and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. it's a, I know it's a bizarre concept to some people, but anyway, I just thought I'd say that. But you, right. you have your own podcast, Chris, don't you? Well, I have a, I have an act, I have a radio show actually. It's on the, on the old, the old radio, you know, that you can actually pick up in your car. Yeah. It's right. on, uh, it's on Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. On fifteen sixty AM WSLA, I'm actually in my I'm in my nine I'm in, been on for nine and a half years. Nice, nice. And uh, it's it's good it's good because you it's supposed to be a comedy show, so I it makes you come up with a product. You know, it's good for your creativity. Right. Whether, whether creativity is good enough is another thing, but at least it makes you create something. You know, well, now Chris, so yes. you're in, in radio. It's it's a it's a dying art form, right? Yes, it's, it's, uh, so, and so am I. Yeah. Well, okay. again, again, it's the, the, the tooth thing. Like, uh, you know, perhaps radio will last just long enough to, uh, to, for you to, 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 you know, yeah, make to, it to the end of the line. Yeah, to be right, more right, obscure. Right. Yeah. To be, yeah. A, to be more obscure, you know, globally. Yes. 
Well, yeah, it is a dying thing. I mean, or it's, it's, it's being uh, replaced by podcasts, you know, because where people can listen on demand. So that's a future for you in podcasting, I feel like, uh, Chris. Well, yeah, well, I've, we've, yeah, I probably should, I should put my, uh, my content of my shows, uh, someplace else that you can listen to them all the time there's no doubt because you know the problem with radio is radio is advertiser driven right and most advertisers are business people so they're a bunch of stiffs they're conservatives they support right-wing shows or real boring content that won't that won't uh antagonize anybody so you know, right away, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's not where you want to be. Well, I mean, obviously, a bad podcasting seems to be the future. I mean, it's uh, you know, I mean, for, for the last, I mean, several years, whenever you talk to people, I mean, they seem to be more excited about podcasts than they are about uh, about radio. I'm afraid to say, since I'm on the radio, but I mean, uh, it certainly seems to be you know a modern thing, uh, unlike me. Right. Well, everything moves on. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, That's true. Everything moves on, especially my wife. But uh, okay, right. <laughs> nice. but uh, that's okay. It's been so long ago. I can't even remember what she looks like. But uh, okay, I wanted to mention something about about numbers. You were talking about being in the, the mm-hmm. top five percent, which I think is great. By the way, that's terrific. You know, congratulations oh. for sure. Thank and you. Uh, I was looking on Amazon today about my book, the most interesting league in the world. And at the bottom of the page, if you go far enough down, you scroll. It tells you, you know, where you rank. You're like you're like the three millionth, one hundred seventy fifth book, you know, on the right. on Amazon. Well, yesterday I was number two hundred and eighty in sports and humor. Wow. And, and today nice. I was number twelve. Wow. Now, I have no idea. Congratulations. I have that's, no idea how wonderful. this happened. And I don't even know what that means. I mean, it means it's not, it's, I guess instead of selling one book, I sold, you know, 13 or something. I don't know. But it, uh, that might be all it takes in it this, is, this yeah. day and age, Chris. It might, it might be. But I mean, I, I went, cause once you get in like the top 10 or 50, you can scroll down and it has, it has a picture of all of the, uh, you, I mean, you can click on it. You can see all of the other books. And I was I was above a, a biography of Bill Belichick, Belichick, you know. So I mean, you know. So, okay, nice. Yeah. Well, now, Chris, how did you wind up writing this book on the NFL? Was your dad uh, involved with the NFL? Was he a, pl- a football player or something? Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, he. Uh, tell tell us about that. That's not uh, my father was involved in football. I don't think Manny's either. So you're the the one person. Well, my 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 dad bet on a lot of football. Okay, and so he was he, a little bit involved in football. Yeah, yeah, and he owed a lot of people money after his bets. Okay, yeah. so yeah, maybe he was more involved than I realized. But, uh, but but Chris's dad, your dad was a Los Angeles Ram, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, he uh, huh. he uh, he was an All American LSU at first, and then uh, he's from New Orleans. His name is Ed Champagne, and uh, and he played with the Rams uh, in the late forties up until nineteen fifty. And uh, he uh, he played with a lot of you know uh, he was a starter on the '49 Rams team and they they played for the NFL championship and wow. they played against the Eagles and he played every minute of the championship game except one he played 59 minutes of the game because in those days he had to play he offense and both defense both ways yeah. wow no kidding yeah he had to play offense and defense and uh, he was a uh, he was a tackle so he played uh, offensive tackle and defensive tackle. And uh, I, there, I've I've got about 465 I guess stories in the book, and uh, there's only about maybe six or seven that that he's mentioned in, and it, it's it's not the book's just not about him, but I kind of used 
a few things that happened to him, and I kind of got him in the books. It's just my book. And right. uh, but he played with a lot of uh, famous guys. I mean, at, at LSU he played with Steve Van Buren and and Wyatt Tittle, and both of them are in the NFL Hall of Fame. And okay. when, he was, when he was with the Rams, Bob Waterfield and Norm Van Brocklin were the quarterbacks. Uh, Tom Fears, the first coach of the Saints, was uh, played next to him. He was in on the Rams. He's in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Crazy Legs Hirsch played on that team. Uh, so Norm, were you a kid while this was going on, or is this before you were born? Well, I, I was born when, it was, when he was playing, yes. So okay. I, so I don't have any recollection of it because I would have been too young. You know, by, the time, by the time I was three or four, he was, he was retired. He, uh, he actually broke his neck. Uh, playing in a oh. game. That's that's how he, that's when he quit. Well, that's a good time to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would think so. He broke his neck in the first half of the game, but he didn't know it was broken. He just knew it was hurt, so he played the rest of the game. Oh jeez. And he didn't he didn't know it was broken until about two days later. And uh, oh. there's a lot. It's funny because I when I was doing the book, I I went on uh, on like newspaper.com and genealogy.com, and you you can look at old newspaper clippings. And mm. uh, his uh, his broken neck episode was uh, seen to be picked up by almost every newspaper in America. Because I, I would run across it a lot, because you know, it was kind okay. of kind of a, a newsworthy item. And uh, I ran I ran across a couple of interesting things about him that I thought about three. Years after he had retired, I ran across a, a thing in the Dallas Morning News by a guy named Tex Mall, who used to be one of the Sports Illustrated's uh, main writers. And he was writing a thing about the about weight issues in the NFL, about how some players had a hard time you know, making their weights. They didn't want them to be too heavy. And it mentioned him and another guy as being two of the biggest guys in the league. And he really wasn't that big by today's standards. But I guess he was, you know, I went back and I looked and he was like, he was like the third biggest guy on the team, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, he was a he was a pretty big dude. Okay, when I was growing up, I mean, he. Uh, if you, if you bigger see, than you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say again. He was bigger than you because you were oh, yeah, a kid. He you were small. He's, he's, he was yeah, right. bigger than me. When, he, he was when a he, man. When, yeah, when, yeah, that's right. He was a man. Yeah. When he, when he died, <laughs> when he died, he was eighty-one. And he was bigger than I am now. I think so. He, oh, uh, he, okay, he, was, wow. he was still pretty big. Right on. In fact, I'm the only person I know. I think that was shorter than their father. Because he was a couple inches taller than me. Okay. And uh, Norm Van Brocklin was his roommate uh, when he was at the Rams, one of his roommates. And uh, mm-hmm. he's in the Hall of Fame. He was, a, he was a coach of the Falcons and the Vikings as well. He was kind of a really hard-ass old-school guy. Right, right, right. Well, so now this, this isn't your first book, though, right? No, no, it's not. Uh, the, my, the, my first book was called Roach Opera, which is a book of poems by Portals Press, which is a local press. Uh-huh. The second one was uh, the Yat Dictionary. The Yat Dictionary, yes. I, I've heard you talk about that. Now, just tell, tell the people uh, basically what that is briefly. Okay, well, Yat is basically kind of the uh, working class uh, patois of uh, white people in New Orleans, basically, Yat. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like the New York accent. In other words, if you come to New Orleans, you're not aware. We don't speak like we're from the South so much as we speak like we're from New York City. And that's kind of what Yad is like, you know, caw, coffee, right, right, hard, right. Hard, stuff like that. Right, right. Like my grandmother talked. So now in the Yad Dictionary, do you just talk about that one New Orleans accent or do you, do you kind of go into, because New Orleans has so many accents from neighborhood to neighborhood and, and sure. even within that neighborhood, just socioeconomically, you know, you hear, 
Right. Uh, there's uh, so many, it's a multitude of accents in New Orleans. Do you kind of touch on any of that, or it's mostly just that that kind of Ninth Ward uh, uh, Irish Channel? Uh, uh, it's mostly the Irish Channel uh, Ninth okay. Ward thing. It, it's kind of, right. I mean, it's not like an academic book. It's just, you know, it's kind of like a. It was for fun, mostly, you know. It's fun. I mean, I think right, right. Actually, I, I was, I was really, you know, when I, when I, when I did that, I was a little trepidatious because, you know, in New Orleans, we're kind of, you know, we kind of take our culture of all kinds, call our culture serious, and yes. uh, so I didn't want people to be like confronting me about I got it wrong and all this kind of stuff. But I tell you what, I, I really have been gratified. I've gotten a lot of incredibly good feedback about that book, and so that was kind of one of the highlights of my life doing that book actually nice now you know now uh, on that subject uh, i hear a lot of people come to new orleans and they they want to fit in they they want to you know blend in assimilate and for some reason they'll light on that accent and they start adopting it you know and you'll hear like celebrities who have moved here and have been here for four or five years and suddenly they they talk like you know, somebody that that uh, barely finished high school and you know, <laughs> yeah. lived in the, in the yeah. St. Rock neighborhood, you know, and right. what, what do you think about that? You must hear that people with the and you can always spot them right away. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I, I have I feel differently about it across the board, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I, you hate to try to separate yourself from somebody, you know, who's been here for a while, but uh, it, it can get annoying sometimes. Yeah, if relax, you, people. You know, you you don't. We don't all have the same accent in New Orleans, you know. But uh, that's but, true. You know, well, it's like you know, it's like you, my fair lady. I mean, every every part of the city had, at some point had its own, you know, dialect or way of speaking. I mean, like I said, my book is not academic, so I really don't go into that too much. I mean, although there's there are some uptown things like I, one that comes to mind is that the way that people say the word say the name New Orleans. In other words, you say New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, you know, that, New that, that Orleans, kind of, yes. New Orleans, that kind of cuts across, you know, different socioeconomic, I guess, groups, I suppose, you know, when, when anybody says New Orleans, it used to always kind of bug me a little bit because the people I, I hung around never said that. And uh, it just seemed kind of, I don't know. A little too cute for me, but I guess that's yeah, it's you, you speak the way you grow up speaking and then people around you, you know, so. Right. Well, that's the way my grandmother, who who grew up in the Ninth Ward, said it. Did she hear? New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. more syllables than it actually has in it. But and she clearly was not putting on. You know, she probably well, sure, didn't, sure. Make it, yeah. didn't make it out of the eighth grade. You know, but uh, again, it's it was block to block, just like uh, like everything else here. You well, know? I mean, it, it was it, it was interesting to me as well. It wasn't only block to block. It was almost within families to me. I mean, in other words, like uh, like yeah. the word like the word toilet. You know, I say toilet. My father, who's from New Orleans, would say to- toilet. But my mother, for some reason, she would say toilet. You know, uh, and sure. I, I don't right. know why, but the, and she and she was not even as yaddy as me. You know, yeah. But that, yeah. that's the way she said it. You know, I mean, uh, it's, well, it's, yeah, it, that's weird because I, where I grew up, and I had an Italian dad and a, a Mexican mother, and I said toilet. My mom said toilet, and my dad said shitter. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That is a quite a different pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a Sicilian term. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I learned that my, my 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 wife. I don't remember what she looks like. Uh, she was a uh, she had four Sicilian grandparents. There's, okay. yeah. there's lots of, Sicil- of there's lots of Sicilian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. 
Orleanian things, you know, like St. Joseph's Day and, and a lot of the red gravy, you know, things like that. Right. Everything that people think is Italian in New Orleans is really Sicilian. Yeah, yeah, mostly so. Yes, almost, almost all. Yes. So that's what true. about this other book that follows, The Secret New Orleans? Well, that's a secret. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, that, well, that was kind of an interesting story. Okay, Secret New Orleans, I, uh, I used to do uh, the, my radio show, which is called Radio Free New Orleans at WSLA at 8 a.m. on Thursdays uh, yes. with Ronnie Virgins. And uh, Virgis, the yes. great Ronnie Virgins, I might say, I might add. And right. uh, someone, uh, a Tulane professor, uh, approached Ronnie about doing uh, a book called Secret New Orleans because as a uh, Jean-Les Editions, which is a publishing company in Versailles, France, they do these secret guides like Secret Paris, Secret Rome, and sure. so on and so on, and certain model that they have. And they get people who live in those cities to, to write those those guides. So they approached Ronnie about doing it, but he, he wasn't interested. So he asked Ronnie if he could recommend anyone, and Ronnie was nice enough to recommend me. So I, I spoke to the gentleman who was a professor at Tulane, and uh, I got in touch with his friend, uh, Mr. Jean-Les, in, uh, in Versailles by via email. And I told him I was interested, and uh, we corresponded maybe once or twice, and then I never heard from him again. And then almost two years to the day, I got an email kind of out of the blue from him asking me if I was still interested in doing the Secret New Orleans book. So I said, yeah, I was. So he asked me for a few, you know, uh, suggestions. So I, I put a little list together of things off the top of my head. And then I wrote a couple of pieces for him. And he said he, he, was, he wanted me to, to do it if I wanted. So I signed a contract and I had a year to do it. And I had to, you know, search out things that were perhaps a little bit off the beaten path and maybe a little bit under the radar. And, uh, right, and something that's not the, the whole Tennessee Williams, Truman Capote hype, you know, you're going for uh, the right. not the Bourbon Street, but, uh, you know, the things that lo locals might only know about. Right. And they, and they were they were I was guided by the other guys because he's got about 50 titles. And New Orleans was, a, I think, the third or fourth in North America. He had Washington, D.C., New York City and Montreal. So I was the fourth one. And uh, so, I, so I had some guidance and, you know, to what to, what, what to look for. I mean, there were some rules that you weren't, I wasn't allowed to put in restaurants or shops or bars unless there was a connection. In other okay. words, like like the uh, Le Bonton Roulet on the uh, magazine. Right. If you go into Le Bonton Roulet, you go down the bar, you go down to the end of the bar. There's a silver plate that is on the bar and it says Lee Harvey Oswald sat here. Okay. So that that got in, in local hero, right? Local hero, yeah. One of all these parish schools best, along with Anthony yes. Frank and David Duke, and uh, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so that that was something notable in the bar that was connected to history, for better or worse. So that right. got in, that got in the book. Okay, uh, gotcha. you know stuff like that, and uh, it was it was you know it was a fun project. I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, mostly. I mean, it was it you know gave me something to do during the day, and uh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and and we had to take photos. So a friend of mine who was retired from the fire department from high school, he uh, he's a, a photographer. He's a perfectionist. So he uh, his name is Paul Lanou, and he he, he uh, helped me. Uh, take some really great pictures and it's interesting because about 75 percent of the way through the through the project he he had two two detached retinas hmm. so that put him out of business 
So I got another oh, yeah. uh, distinguished photographer. I got teaches at Tulane, in fact, named Jonathan Traviesa. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and he was kind enough to help me finish the book. So I had two really great photographers because photos are a real uh, important part of the book. And I, it's a secret New Orleans by Jean Les Editions. It's really a physically, it's a really pretty, pretty book. It's a, it's a you know a nice piece of uh, of work, and uh, so I'm really proud of that book. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback about that book as well. So excellent, excellent. And, and we can still get that book somewhere. You can get it. Uh, almost every bookstore in town has it. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. sure it's available online. It's available online. And I have some in my car. I have some in my okay. car for sales, usually. <laughs> and nice. I have a roving bookstore. I have my books in my car. Usually, I have the I have the most interesting league in the world for sure. In fact, I'm getting ready to go pick up my latest shipment uh, as soon as we're finished here on the uh, Trouble Man podcast. Uh, yeah, the, the book. It's the book. The most interesting league in the world. Kind of grew out of the uh, radio show that I did with Ronnie because uh, you know you're trying to look for content every week. So I decided that every NFL franchise had kind of interesting or offbeat stories or things that were connected to their to the, their histories. So I would mm-hmm. look them up and I would talk to him, talk with Ronnie about them on the air. And at some point, I decided, uh, yeah, that might be a good book. And uh, and I think it did. I think it turned out to be a interesting book. I mean, there are stories in the book about uh, Bob Dylan, Marvin Gaye, Harry Truman, Princess Di, really? Al Capone. You wouldn't think that they would all be uh, intersecting uh, National Football League. But, right, uh, there yeah. There you go. You'd be surprised. Yeah. So, uh, so there's some of, uh, you know, interesting. You'd, you know, I'd put some famous name in the search engine, and, you know, and then thinking I wouldn't hit anything, and, and it would pop right up. Something interesting would pop up. Not always, okay. but somewhat often right. and uh, they're fishing yeah it was it was it was fun i mean that was one of the most fun things about the thing was trying to find uh these these things you know I right. mean, things I, that would surprise you yeah, yeah yes yes and i mean i've been a you know a fan you know nfl fan all my life pretty much so i i kind of have a little bit of a working knowledge of the subject uh-huh. you know and uh and I, I, so I must I, be broken up about Drew Brees uh, ending his career, you know. Well, now it's, I'll, I'll tell you, Manny's no fan of Drew Brees, but uh, uh, let me just. Uh, well, well, yeah, well, you know, if you're an old time Saints fan and you can't appreciate Drew Brees, then, you, then you, you, you're missing something. Because, I mean, before Drew Brees, baby, it was kind of it was kind of grim. You know, well, Manny's not an old-time Saints fan. Yeah, so. I'm not an old-time. <laughs> sure, I can care less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's a fan of Bill Wade. Do you, do you no, want- I'm a fan of uh, Al Davis and the Oakland Raiders. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, we'll yes, yes, yes. We, we've covered all that. Um, yeah. Well, no, we yeah. haven't covered that uh, just recently, uh, yes. Chris. Just yes. recently, uh, my agent called me up, and there was a company – uh, a production company that was they're filming a mini documentary series called the dark side of the nfl uh, okay it's a nice tie-in one of these uh, it's basically one of these reenactor kind of documentaries where they don't have enough money to get actual footage or licenses to use the actual stuff but they're telling stories about the dark side of the nfl and chris I got casted to play L. Davis. Oh, good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, you'll be, you'll, you'll be in the update of my book. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can talk about it. And it, I shot it a couple of weeks ago, and it was a lot of fun. It's going to be on a – I'll let the nation know about it. It's not going to be on until the fall when next football season comes okay. on. But it's a miniseries, a docu-miniseries 
uh, about called the dark side of NFL. And basically, you know, uh, I get to play. It, it was my Hamlet. It was my Hamlet. Right, right. Yeah, because Al Davis was your your higher power, right? When you when you yeah, go into the program, when you're forced to go in, yeah, <laughs> so you have to pick a higher power, and, and yours was Al Davis. Yeah, just win, baby. And uh, is it the Charles Manson or Al Davis? And you got Al Davis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine was mine was Charles Manson. <laughs> well, tell me, what did you learn about Al that we might not know? Well, here's a lot of people that know. I've I've, I've I've studied this man forever. A lot of people didn't know that he was colorblind. Oh, okay. Huh. He was colorblind. He, he, he didn't. That's why those suits that he wore were always just black and white because he was colorblind. And apparently every player who played for him always said that he wore this cologne <laughs> that, that you could smell him coming down the hall to, into the locker room before he was even in the locker room and no one no one knew what this cologne was called nobody knew people tried to research it it was like where did he find this cologne and apparently it was a nice men's cologne but he got it from some black market or something like that <laughs> you couldn't find it in your you know in your walgreens or your uh you know uh, department store yeah, yeah yeah you couldn't find it he found it somewhere and okay. uh, you said he was colorblind right yeah he was colorblind yeah. that explains he thought that kenny stable was from papua new guinea yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah. playing blind yeah <laughs> I saw him but, once on on uh, on Decatur Street during the Super Bowl. Here, he was walking. He looked just as scummy in person as he did on television. Saber or Davis? No, no, no. Uh, Al Davis. Oh, Al Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al well, Davis. When the Raiders were in New Orleans for Super Bowl um, fifteen, um, he was at some restaurant in the French Quarter, and the waiter came up to him. And this, I heard the story through uh, a lot of people in New. And he ordered something that wasn't on the menu. And the waiter was like going, well, we don't have that. And, he, and it was, he goes, I want thin roast, thin sliced roast beef with mashed potatoes and gravy. And the waiter said, we don't have that, sir. And he kept going, I want thin roast beef with mashed potatoes and gravy. And the waiter went to the kitchen and the chef in the kitchen said, get this man thin roast beef and mashed potatoes. So they went to another restaurant down the road. <laughs> And got it for him. That had when were you? I was writing this book. I could have put that in my book. <laughs> that's service, wow. baby. That's service. That's service, man. And that's the guy who gets what he wants. That's Al you know? Davis, yeah. That's, that's what Al Davis, yeah. He wants to move his team from Oakland to L.A. He's going to do it. I don't give a fuck. Do you know, you how, know? Do you know how he got the team? Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard stories. Tell me. Okay, well, there were, there were three people who were part. There was a guy named Wayne Valley, a guy named... Ed McGraw, Ed McGraw, yeah, uh, yeah, and and Davis, they were the three partners, and they had a partnership. Well, there was a, a, a law in California that if two of the partners made made a uh, an agreement, then it, it was uh, it was valid. So Wayne Valley was the main owner, but he was in, at the Olympics in Munich, I think it was, and while he was gone. Davis got Maga to sign this agreement that made him them in control of the team. So basically, he screwed Valley out of the team by a maneuver. Just, just win, baby. Like you yeah. would see, like you would see, like in an old Western movie. You know, you'd sign the deed away. 
right? Well, Al Davis always called himself. This was his title. He was never owner. He always called himself the manager of the general partner. General partner. Yeah. That was his title through his whole so the day he died. That was, but everyone knew he called himself. But also there was rumors. There was also rumors that the way he got things done were, you know, the way he got things done. But the Yakuza, yeah, yeah, the Yakuza, <laughs> yeah, exactly, the Yakuza, the mafia, stuff like that. So anyway, you know, he was. I got to play him, and I was very happy. Yeah, that's great, nice, Manny. That's yeah. fantastic. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Nation salutes you. When does it start the show? That not until the fall, huh? Probably not. The, well, what happened was also after I did my shoot, uh, my agent called me up and said, "What what day did you work?" And I said, "I worked Wednesday." She goes, "Okay, you're cool," because they were shooting Wednesday through Sunday, and on Friday, someone tested positive for COVID. Oh, so they had, uh, had production for two weeks, but because I got oh. tested. Before day before the shoot and the day of the shoot i got you know i, I was fine but it was friday so we'll see what happens and right. it's gonna be on a, it's gonna be on uh the vice channel uh, i don't know if you guys get okay. the vice channel. i get the vice channel okay i love I'll to the- come over to your house and watch it man i don't get that channel but but maybe you can host us over there for a watch party that's not happening anyway <laughs> um <laughs> Do you, do you know Do you know any of the other subjects that they, they uh, you know, besides Al Davis, that they went through? Uh, well, because the show is called The Dark Side of the NFL, I was only there for one day of shooting, but I did get to see uh, the, the schedule for the next few days. And basically what this show was doing was like they were having little vignettes about like maybe uh, hate uh, players who hated each other mm-hmm. and, you know, Al Davis' story. And, you know, maybe uh, uh, some other kind of ownership, uh, uh, hatreds towards each other. And that's really all I got from being there for that one day. I didn't really get much information on that. Okay, just your own. And it, yeah. it, was, it was shot at night, and it was that week. It was the week where it was like in the 30s and 40s here in New Orleans. Oh, so, so they shot it here. Yeah, and, uh, and um, I was basically, when I didn't have to shoot, I was in my – Dressing room staying warm, which okay. wasn't much of a dressing room, you know. Are they so, still here? Yeah, I said. Th- well, they're taking a two-week quarantine. I think they're going to start reshooting this week or next week. Well, you know, I might uh, want to talk to somebody over there. Tell, tell them about my book, maybe, you know. There you go. You, may, you, okay. know, you know. ABC, baby, always be closing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, well, uh, you know, uh, Chris, I think we're, we're kind of reaching the end here, uh, okay. the downslope of the podcast. Um, you know, you're as a political commentator, satirist, if you had to look into your, your uh, crystal ball, you have any, any insights, uh, the, the, the coming political season, what do you see? Yeah. Uh, they're probably going to have to close new Orleans, have a going out of business sale. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh uh, man, I, listen, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, we have a DA that commits more crimes than the ones that are on the street. Uh, so that's probably a good thing. And uh, sure. And, uh, Return to the mean. I just, you know, every, everybody I run into uh, on, on the street and, and uh, Mayor Cantrell's name comes up. They say, well, she'll be a one term mayor. But I mean, who's going to run against her besides Manny? You know, 
Right. And I don't know if Manny's, you know, uh, going to run. And I don't know if he's, uh, you know, got the finances to compete, you know, but uh, so I, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not real hopeful about that. I mean, the city council that we have and I don't know, you know, the, the, the new DA. I mean, I, I understand, you know, he's on that that wave of reform DAs, which is one thing. But I mean, I don't know, you know. Well, what what are your thoughts now? It's got over a year now with the Hard Rock. Now, uh, well, I was kind of hoping they would never bring it down. It'd be like the pyramids, you know. <laughs> well, you know, Manny Manny's been Manny has has been enjoying, uh, you know, uh, a cut rate on on uh, uh, Manny for Mayor headquarters space there in the, the first oh, okay. floor. Yeah. So I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. Manny, you you've, you 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 don't have much time left there because they're, they're down to about three floors now, right? Yeah. Well, no, I was just there a few days ago because uh, I'm a member of the Ring Room next door. Right. And uh, it, I can't, I mean, they're two months behind schedule, but I think they're going to be able to open up those streets very soon. So that's good for the okay. city, oh. you know, in many ways. See, it, um, it happens eventually. It doesn't happen when it should, but it, it will eventually happen, Chris. Well, you know, maybe I'm missing something here, but when they, you know, in the very beginning, okay, when they were having trouble bringing it down, all they had to do was just keep doing what they were doing. It would have come down on its own. Okay. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I, mean I, don't, I don't understand. You know, people ask me when is it coming down? It's coming down when when Charlton Heston shows up on the back of a horse, sitting on a horse with an ape sitting on him and a horse. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that's when it's coming down. You know, store date, right you know, seventy point twenty six point nine or something like that. You know, I don't know. Okay. I, I loved it when nice. she said she said we are closer to it coming down than we have ever been before. No kidding. Yeah. We're closer, <laughs> we're closer to the end of time than we've ever, ever been in any time. We're closer than I will be to death any time in my life. We're closer to anything that's ever going to happen in the future than we've ever been before. I mean, she's unbelievable. Yes. I mean, it's like she yes. said there are no such thing as a bad idea. There you go. Okay. Well, truer words have never been spoke. Yes. That, yes, that yes. explains a lot. Right on. Well, you know, she you got to give her a little leeway because – Latoya had, uh, I mean, she got slammed with problems. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, so, I mean, she handled it the best way she could. And I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, she got thrown the pandemic. She got thrown the hard rock. And, of course, she got thrown, you know, trying to uh, uh, quell the, the, the murder rate, you know, and all that stuff. So you got to give her a little slack. It is election year. The only thing that I'm pissed off about is that I heard like a month ago, she's she started raising money already. She's starting to raise money for re-election already. Yeah, she's getting a jump on you, Manny. Well, when, well, when is this election? Uh, it's going to be in the fall. Okay, all right. Because, I mean, if somebody's going to run against it, they better get on the stick. Well, that's it. Now, I thought, I thought for sure it was going to be Helena Moreno. Yeah, well, the- nah. But I don't think she's going to do it. I think she wants to be governor. Uh, but okay. I, I don't see anyone else really. I want to be emperor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, this could be my best shot. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. I tell you what, if it's one-on-one, baby, you're going to get the most votes you ever got. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. Sure. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I like the optimism, uh, Chris. Well, uh, Manny, that, that seems like a show, don't you think? I think so. I really yes. do. Chris, yes. thank you so much. 
And give yourself uh, your plugs again before we sign off. Okay. Yes. Well, the, the book is the most interesting league in the world, How the NFL Explains America. I'm having a – I don't know when this is going to be on, but I'm having a book signing on February 6th at Blue Cypress from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Uh, the radio show is Radio Free New Orleans. It's uh, – WSLA 1560 AM every Thursday at 8 AM. It's, all, it's replayed on Tuesdays at 8 AM. And I also have a thing called Chewing a Yat, which is an interview program I do on WAMF 90.3 FM. It's one of those low wattage stations. And uh, I guess that's about it. Wasn't I on that show? No, you were on. I, th- I think, yeah, you know, you were on one of them. Yes, you were on either the Chewing a Yat or... Uh, I was on the low wattage show for sure. Okay, what's well, WAMF? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the small yeah. room, not the big room. Yeah, it was a small yeah. Room. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, but you have, but you got more time that way. You know, you got you got fifty five go. minutes. Okay, on uh, WAMF, you you, you would have got short shrift on the other one, and yeah. uh, and the other the other books of the Art Dictionary and Secret New Orleans also. And one day I'm gonna do a show, and one day I'll be doing a live show someplace if I live long enough. So try, <laughs> trying to come see that. Whatever it All is. Right. But wait, wait, before we sign off, Chris, one day you're going to get back to the fairgrounds, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's another thing. Yeah, I work at the fairgrounds, and I'm not working this year, so I'll be working. You know, I'll, I'll be I'll be employed again in about eleven months. Yeah. Well, you always nice. work the high rollers window, right? Yeah. Well, they they took my fifty dollar uh, only designation away from me a couple of years ago, and oh, okay. but, I'm, but I'm at the same window. It's just not as it's just not as fancy as it used to be. well thanks Chris for being on the show we'll see you soon thank you and Renee thank you Renee Manny very much absolutely Chris it's a pleasure man my pleasure thanks well I'm glad my my hardware worked as well yeah well we'll 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 see (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know Chris as always in the Trouble Nation we'd like to say uh, trouble never ends but the struggle continues good night good night Pull off the interstate Where every man's alone Behind the manic smiles Inside the feral zone
Trucker takes a while